0: Welcome to our Frontline City Church Podcast. This message will activate and inspire you in the supernatural love of God to find your purpose and reach your destiny through Christ. Well, good morning, Frontline. So nice to be with you guys. I've been looking forward to this Sunday for a very long time. Because God has put a word in my heart which i want to share with you this morning i do miss my normal crowd in the mornings uh, just just by the way we just planted this church in bella bella about eight months ago and it is completely not the way you read in the theology books not at all we have about 30 to 40 kiddies i mean various sizes and they are so faithful, like you can't believe. And, and we started with this bunch of kids, and I'm not a kids t- teacher at all. So, but this is what God has given us, and so with them comes the adults. And so it's the other way around that we've started. And so today we invited some of our friends to go and minister to them. Uh, we've got Prophet William there today, and uh, yeah, I miss them. But today I've got this word for you, and I really trust and pray that this will make sense to you. Because I've got a bit of a different angle to the gifts. Now, we're reaching for uh, Pentecost Sunday next week. This is a super important Sunday, as you might all be aware. This is the Sunday, the Sunday, that the Holy Spirit was poured out on, our, uh, on the church. And this is something that we are looking forward to. And, and if you guys watched uh, the uh, Facebook broadcast yesterday, was it yesterday, the day before? where prophet mandy says let's fast let's get into this and and let's prepare our hearts you you know guys it's so important we can stand here and look pretty we can try and do whatever but if you don't have the holy spirit you're wasting your time You're absolutely not going to be able to do what you need to do. Yes, there's a certain limit or or certain amount of uh, flesh that you can use to do anything. You can run a business, you can do whatever it is, and it can have some success. But when it comes to the spiritual things, it's impossible without the Holy Spirit. So, So today I want to talk to you guys about being different. And this different is different than what you think, trust me. It's, it's going to be slightly different to what you have in mind. But I want to share a, about it because it does touch somewhat on the giftings and one specific gift. But the reason I need to talk about this because I see it lacking in the body. And I really believe it is a word for the body today where we are at. Um, okay, so if you were wondering, I'm going to preach now and then afterwards we will have some ministry time. And uh, you know if, if, if you guys wanted some personal ministry we are here for that as well but I first need to deliver this word because it's really really important so I want you guys to to really listen to what the Spirit of God is saying and what we what he wants to be done in this body as well. That you guys have gone through a tremendous transition from where you were and where you are, have come now. You're going to see some great expansion happening very quickly. And um, the great thing I see about Frontline, I had this picture this morning when I stood here. Frontline, the name is not by chance. You are really on the front lines. Now, if any of you have followed the war, and when I mean the war, I'm talking about the one in Ukraine at this moment. Now, look, I I just love that stuff. So, you know, allow me just to talk about that. It it, it fascinates me, these type of military moves and whatever. And what I saw here this morning, I saw these trenches dug out in the hills. And frontline is exactly that. The church here in this area is exactly a front line, dug out trenches. The enemy is trying all he can to pull people into, into eternity with him. But front line has been set here to stand their ground within those trenches and to dig new ones and new ones and new ones. And a word to the Lord in this church is this church will never retreat. So you guys will move forward and you will take ground and the enemy will not be able to stand against what God is busy doing. So you trust him for that. So with that being said, who knows who Henry Ford is or was? Everybody must know who Henry Ford was. So um, if you look at Henry Ford, he once said this great thing, the ability... To encourage others is one of life's finest assets. So there's that pretty young man there. He was a super millionaire. And why? Because he did the Ford motor vehicle. He's the first one that designed the engine, the combustion engine. He was the first guy who uh, had the, uh, the ability to make a commercial success out of a vehicle. And he brought it into the marketplace 100 uh, so odd years ago and this inventor said this great thing now you might be wondering why because he wasn't always successful he was battling just like you and i and i just like some have to start with chickens some like uh, you know <laughs> those business we start somewhere he wanted to start somewhere he had this great idea and people laughed at him They mocked him. They ridiculed him because they said, no, we don't need this automotive of yours. We will have electric carriages. That's going to be the future of where we're heading. But he said, no, I have this dream. I have this plan. And one evening he was sitting at a gala dinner and he tried to explain to people around him uh, this idea that he had. And lo and behold, there was this old man sitting just a few paces away, listening carefully to what he's got to say, and eventually he moved right next to him. And he said, young man, show me. Draw me a picture. What are you talking about? This man that said, sat next to him, his name was Thomas Edison. Who knows who Thomas Edison was? Everybody must know who Thomas Edison was. So, who was he? So if somebody doesn't know who he was, well... This guy was the bee's knees at the time. He was the greatest inventor of all time in the United States of America. This guy did the light bulb. He did some stuff with radiology. He had a list literally this long of inventions he had at the time. And so um, Ford came and he dreamed this picture. And this old man looked at this picture and he slammed his fist onto the table. He said, young man, that's the thing. You have it. And years later, Ford recalled, and he said, the thump of that fist upon the table was worth worlds to me. And the rest is history. So why am I telling you this? We have something similar in the church. So moving, let's move to the book of Acts this morning. Now, in the book of Acts, it is packed full of stories. I love that book. And um, uh, like I always say, uh, before you read the book of Acts, always read the book of Luke, because Acts is actually Luke 2. Uh, if you, so you start with the book of Luke, and you read it through, and it takes you on to this new uh, church that is birthed, and all the great testimonies that we have there of how the church started. But there's one particular character I want to draw your attention to in that book this morning, and his name was Barnabas barnabas he had a great characteristic and that characteristic became his nickname which the apostles named him and they called him what anybody has any idea what they called him not you (laughs) they called him son of encouragement Uh, there we go well done well done so i want to share remember i said i want to talk about being different right So I want to talk about being different in that all of us should be sons and daughters of encouragement. It really, really is important in this day and age. And and I want to talk about that and and, and bear me out. Listen to what I've got to say today because I I do think it is something that's really important and that will really take the body forward if we become sons of encouragement. So this guy named Barnabas, that's his nickname, was also known as Joseph. Joseph took a prominent place in the early church. He was really important because he was one of the first apostles, and he really had to do and lay foundation for the church. And as it started, you read about him in the book of Acts, you read about it in the book of Corinthians, Galatians. Every now and again, his name pops up. But not in a way that you would think, because we never really hear sermons about this guy. We don't read any of his books because he didn't write any that we know of. But yet here we are today and we learn something new about this son of encouragement. He had a specific gifting on his life. And so we're heading for Pentecost and each one here has a specific gifting on their life. But regardless of what your gift might be, whether that now be teaching or a pastor or a whatever, we all should have a gifting or at least strive for a gifting of being encouragers to other people because lord knows we need it (laughs) we we need to move forward as a church of god and and take ground for the kingdom and it's difficult to do so on our own and um you know so let's read in acts 4 verse 36 and 37 i think there's a slide there for that Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostles called Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, sold the field he owned and brought the money and put it at the apostles' feet. Let me just stop there for a moment because something is just stirring in me. You know, that piece of scripture, what comes after it, I'm sure everybody has read that story. There was a guy and a lady by the name of Ananias and Sapphira, what happened to them? They basically died because they saw this guy sowing a lot of money into the kingdom. But his heart was right. And this is what I want you to see. He was a son of encouragement. He put his, 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 where his mouth was, he put the deed there. He sowed money in there at the apostles' feet and he, do, he did something great. And it stood for all eternity written In this piece of scripture. Then we move on to Acts 9, verse 26 to 27. When he, Paul, came to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples. Tried. But they were all afraid of him because, not believing that he really was a disciple, but Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles. And he told them, how Saul on his journey has seen the Lord and that the Lord has spoken to him, and how in Damascus he had preached fearlessly in the name of Jesus. Let's just look at another last example. Acts 11, verse 22 to 23. News of this reached the church in Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he arrived and saw what the grace of God had done, He was glad and he encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. Barnabas exercised this gifting of encouraging people and he used it so that they would remain steadfast, that they would remain faithful, and they could go forward. And a true encourager, in my opinion, is somebody who can do exactly that. They show people towards Jesus first and foremost. And they help others to continue in their spiritual journey with renewed strength. So what does this have to do with us, you might think? What? What? That's, this guy is dead. I mean, he did great things. But what does it have to do with me? You know, we need encouragement. Each of us have a plan. Each of us have a dream. Each of us have some sort of goal that we are working towards. If you don't, get something. <laughs> <laughs> you can't just float through life and expect something to happen because if that's the way that you are trying to get forward in life it's not going to happen. You must have something to strive towards. And if you don't know what that something is then ask God and he will give you something so that you can go and make a success with. Amen. Now I'm sure you will agree with me that in these days we need every each one of us need encouragement. Because we face difficulties, we face opposition, we face economic pressure, we face relationship problems. The list goes on and on and on. That's life. Yeah. We do face things, and it happens. And you know, we, we sometimes are tempted, and it's so difficult to get over those temptations because we have to fight this flesh all the time. You see, and that's why we need encouragement. God knew that. Yeah. God knew that. It is easy to fall into hopelessness and despair. I mean, that, that takes pretty much nothing. We just look around ourselves, look, watch the news, and you're there, but you know, it's, you're hopeless, you're full of despair. But that is exactly what we need. The antidote to that is the encouragement that God gives us through his people. Okay. So God knows this, and that is why he's calling each one of us, each one sitting here, you need to be different. Why? Because if we conform to the way the world does it, It will be really, really miserable on this earth. And I want to invite you to become an encourager to make a difference. Barnabas was an encourager. We know that now. He had the ability to see the good in people and he had the ability to draw it out of someone. There are two keys here. The way you see it and the way you do it. So he saw something in Paul and I'm getting there. And he did something about it. Let's look at uh, the next slide, Acts 9, 26 to 27. When he, Paul, came to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples. They were all afraid of him. With good right, he was not a nice guy. Not believing that he really was a disciple, but Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles. Here we've got somebody who meets a young Christian, and he says, wow, there's something different about you. And he takes a risk. He decides to think differently and to do something differently. This was very difficult. You must must think of the context here. These guys were a bunch of religious people (laughs) who really had no freedom whatsoever. Remember they, they they grew up in a Jewish background. You must do this. You can't do that. You, it, it, it's always by, by the way of, of of reading the Old Testament. You know, and, and if you look different you you were bad. You, you had to conform to a certain way of doing it. He was different. He said no I'm no I stop this I'm gonna I'm gonna do it differently. He took a risk. He said, he took this Paul and he almost forced other people to accept him. And he said, come, meet this guy. Listen to what he's got to say. I'll, I'll vouch for him. And so Paul was able to pursue his purpose despite his recent past, despite all the bad that he has done. And he, believe me, had done up to that point. He did do bad stuff. He killed quite a few people for the sake of the gospel or not the gospel the uh, the religious institution at the time and so he had this whole thing hanging over him but barnabas said let me let me take a murderer and let me introduce him into my brother and sisters community and let's see what god can do isn't that amazing how 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 he immediately for his time it was revolutionary the way he saw things. Now, how does that apply to us? How do you see things? Are you just stuck in this rut of, ah, oh, we'll do this Christian thing and uh, maybe see what happens and flow with it? And, oh, you shouldn't do that. Oh, you shouldn't smoke that. And it's not about that. This Christian thing, if you want to call it that, is about the relationship that you and I have with Jesus. It is about the way that you see things. It's ab- about the way that you express things. And it's not at the end of the day about what you say so much as is what you do. You know, we can say lots and lots of beautiful things. And you can, you can wear lots of beautiful clothing and all that. And oh, be so religious and oh, fast so much and all of that. But that at the end of the day doesn't determine the effectiveness of what God wants to accomplish through your life. Because we need to humble ourselves before God and say, Lord, you know, have your way in me. And just do as you please in and through me. And when you do that, then it is when you become, you know, flowing and and starting to do things God's way. Because we humble ourselves and God will exalt us. God will exalt us. And so he's a great example, this man to me. I think the way he approached it was just precious. Let's, let's think about it for a moment. What would have happened if Barnabas decided, no, um, yo, maybe this guy isn't so good. I think, uh, you know, go do your thing. That I'm not going to introduce you. Uh, you know, I think, uh, let's pray about this, brother. Uh, you know, and, and what would have happened if he didn't do what God told him to do? Because I think God did tell him, yeah. introduce him. One of two things would have happened, I think. Paul would have never reached his full potential. And secondly, it could have become so bad, I think, with a discouragement at the time, that he might have even lost what he gained at that point and went back to his old, old ways. Why am I saying this? Because let's face it guys my wife and i have been in ministry a long time i've spoken to a lot of people i've seen a lot of kids i've 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 been through the mold when it comes to human the ways human operates and if you lack that one thing encouragement it is so easy for a person to lose their way really i mean i've I've sat with so many people say i can't do this christian thing anymore and you know, they have been so, they're supposed to be Christian and they did this and said that and what that and whew, there they go. And off they go to the old way of doing it. And it could have happened with Paul. What would have happened then? We would have had a very short New Testament. <laughs> about the Gospels and Revelation, that was about it. You know, Paul, because he was introduced, hey dude, what do this? I don't know. <coughs> I lost my track of thought. <laughs> short short New Testament. Paul, because he was accepted into the community at that time, was able to go through the period of discipling, which was about 10 years or so. And, and, and Barnabas really imparted into his life in that time. And because of that, he was able to become the apostle that he was called to be. And he wrote of the New Testament. And because of all the stuff that he went through, he was able to leave us a legacy so that the church was able to grow. So do you see what I see in that encouragement is not just something that we need to take for granted. I really believe that the church of God these days need to become more outward-focused, more encouraging, more giving people a chance, less critical, less competitive. Oh, my word. Yeah, let's not go there. It's not about my great ministry and how much anointing I have and, oh, do you see these great things that God is doing for us? It's not about this great message that God has given one person. Listen, we are all part of the body of Christ. All have their great flavor. All have their uh, great plan that God has been so gracious to bestow to them. Everybody has their own grace. Let's just keep quiet about what other people are doing for the kingdom of God. Let's focus on what we need to do. And we will see the hand of God on our lives. Let's become encouragers instead of discouragers. Do you agree with me? So let's uh, see, yeah, you know, I I, want to say this. You know, if it was not for Pastor Heinz and Mandy, I'm telling you, my wife and I would not be in ministry today. I'm not saying this because trying to come back here again and preach and all that. I'm telling you the truth. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Fire, fire. No, really, guys, they are that couple are encouragers by excellence. If it was not for them, we would not be here today. How many times my wife and I had to run to them and cried and push through really difficult things and, and just really work. And say, oh, we don't know what to do anymore. And they would take their time. Apart from you, you guys don't even know the hours from them that went to, to us. And you've probably never seen our faces. And how many other countless people that have been ministered to by them? Because they decided to become encouragers. And because of that great grace on their life, we are able to function today. And I'm so grateful for that. And so we should take that example and do something about it. How do we become different? You, sitting there now, and are thinking, yeah, nice message, but... Uh, Ah, lunch is late. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> Become intentional. Become intentionable, intentional about encouraging other people. I've s- seen so many times in my own life, I would just get this idea, perhaps. I wonder how so-and-so is doing. Do you think that so-and-so is just on your mind because you had a dream this morning or anything? It's just by chance? No. Pick up that phone and say, hey, how's it going? I haven't seen you in a while. you have just been thinking about you. Are you okay? Uh, And and just just be be friendly. Just use your phone. Use the cell phone. Go and see them. Go and chat to them. Because in that already, what happens is, in this case, in my case, it would be an intercession thing. that's That's a gift that's starting to flow. So God is saying, pray and just think, oh yeah, I was thinking about you. Yes, and? <laughs> Pray for them. Pray for them. Phone them. Say, how's it? Take some groceries there. Whatever the case may be, as God leads you, that is part of the gift of, of encouraging other people. Think about the testimony that would come out of there because God is really speaking to you because he wants you to do something about it. And not just pray about it. Oh, I don't like that saying. Oh, let's pray about it. Listen, there's enough time to pray, but please do something. Now, you have time to pray, but you, you know, do something about it. Come on. I'm not talking the saying. It's true. Pray for people, but do something about it. You know, um, send that message. Send a WhatsApp. Send a smiley face. Do something that you can really reach out to somebody and mean something in a material way they are so um, and be generous so we've uh, I'm, I'm saying be intentional number one be generous what does generous mean generous means that i give what i have of what i have and i give to others and this is what i want to bring to your attention you know so you think okay i don't have much i'm poor This thought just popped into my speech the other day. Poverty is a mentality, not a state of being. Poverty is a mentality, it's not a state of being. You can have as little as you want, but you can in that state still make a choice. I will give something. How many times we've had nothing, but it cost me nothing to give a meal to somebody else. Or it cost me nothing just to, to buy a packet of cookies and be say, here you go. You don't have to give the thousands and the millions and the whatever to be effective. But you can change your mind to say, no, I'm not going to be stuck in this way of thinking because it, that is exactly what poverty is. It is a way of thinking. And that doesn't mean I disrespect the place the, where you might be sitting today. But it does say that God can take you out of that and He can give you the ability to sow a little bit more next time and a little bit more next time and a little bit more next time. And my wife does this a lot. Then we are standing in queue and there's somebody in front and she would say, oh, by the way, just uh, here's my card. There you go. Pay for somebody in front. And then I'm thinking, you're... Um, you know that's one example. If if God lays it on your on your on your heart to, to to just give something, then do so. Buy the old lady in front of you's food for them, because you can see this is a last pension money. Come on, and God has blessed you that it has a little bit more. Why not buy that thing for them? We had an uncle the other day. I can't remember where it was now. I'm thinking. I think it was in Mecca that other day he had this pair of shoes and immediately my wife and I thought, can we buy it for you thank you and it turns out he has nothing he's buying it for his wife I think that was sick and and it really touched him and it didn't take much and we just could say listen Jesus loves you so we by no uh, no uh, by no degree are we rich in a natural sense but my goodness it doesn't uh, it doesn't take anything just to be a bit more generous than than you can be generosity of is fostered and i promise you you can't outgive god really we've tried that so much it doesn't work <laughs> It doesn't. You you can try and outgive God. God is really awesome, and that He comes free because it touches His heart when you are intentional and generous. So poverty is a mentality, not a state of being. So spend time with somebody. Uh, just just go and and say, how are you doing, and and how are you feeling today? Is there something I can do? Is there something I can pray with you? Is there something I can trust with you? You know, that God can just enter into your life. It's a great opportunity when people are going through tough times to minister to them. So let's be less inward focused. Because the truth is, the universe does not revolve around ourselves. Even though we might think so. (laughs) It really doesn't. It revolves around what God has got planned, what God wants to do in the life of people. The third point, support others. Support your leadership. I wasn't told to say this. (laughs) Get behind the vision. I do not know where any one of you are here. Let's talk about this church. So this is your context. This is your experience. This is where you are at. If you are sitting on the sideline, I suggest it's time to reevaluate and to get into that flow. Because God works like that. He He does give a specific something to the oversight in the church that needs to flow and needs to, very importantly, accomplish something. And if we are sitting outside of that, And we have our own agenda. And I'm not saying you do. Don't don't say that I'm uh, accusing anybody. I'm saying it happens. It's life. We get busy with stuff and we are not totally focused. But when you decide, okay, I think it's time to start serving. I think it is time to uh, maybe let go of my own agenda. I'm going to give this a shot. Let, let, Let me slot in and start supporting and start praying, and start getting involved, something changes. Something immediately clocks in, and that motor starts turning in your own life. Never mind the church. The church is blessed by you being here, and you supporting, and you giving. But when you get in there, then you are in God's plan. And it just starts ticking and ticking and gaining momentum. And eventually this whole thing moves and you are totally different by the time God is busy working and busy establishing stuff. So I invite you, get behind the vision. And if you don't have leadership, then then get leadership. Get involved in it. This is true of church, by the way. This is true of work, true of school. If, you know, we have so much resistance in, in the world that we can take all the encouragement we can get. And you might not understand it. I'm coming back to the church. But in my position as a pastor, I've realized how much of an... Look, we've been two ICs for donkey's ears. We've been running every single type of ministry that you can think of. We've been under how many uh, oversights in the past. But now that we have our own thing, I cannot explain to you the resistance you must face as a pastor. Because we, even though it's small, listen, size does not make a difference in what God is busy establishing. And this is not about me. I'm trying to, I'm trying to illustrate the reality of the spiritual things. All of us have been giving something, some form of responsibility and ours so happen to be this now. But we need encouragement and I've, I've realized that. And so, Pastor hannes and Mandy needs encouragement. So, let's stop criticizing. If we were, I was the best criticizer ever. I've learned to shut up. Because God graces you with something that you, are, that you think is okay, but it's not. Because God is busy with something in somebody else's life that you don't understand and will never understand. Because this is what God has granted them. So let's stop criticizing. And this is not aimed at you. Really. It's just something that I really feel passionate about. And I'll tell you why I feel passionate about it. I do not criticize any other church. I don't care if you are what. I support you because you serve Jesus and we have the same goal we work towards. Why am I so passionate about it? My dad was also a minister of church. He was a Dutch Reformed minister. And we did not agree (laughs) about many things. But there came a point where we agreed to disagree. Where I had to decide, you know what? There is absolutely no good in it to try to convince him about the spirit baptism. That's pointless. So why even pursue it? He so much loves Jesus that he gets so many people saved more than I would ever. And I'm not lying. Ask my wife. My dad till his dying day shared Jesus with every single person that came along his way. And he wasn't what we would call spirit-filled. He didn't have one single tongue, except, you know, when he got really upset. (laughs) But But did that change what God was doing through his life? Absolutely not. He's he's sitting in heaven this morning, and I miss him. And, you know... Let's stop the criticizing. Let's focus on what God is doing here. Let's get behind the vision. Let's let's push forward for God. Because what happens? When I start encouraging, it is exactly like finance. When I sow, I reap. When I encourage, I am encouraged. So when you feel down, try this next time. When you feel down, phone somebody. Hey, how's it? How are you feeling? And and see what happens. What do you receive in return? You are immediately uplifted because you are being an upliftment. And that is how God works. We stop the negative talk. We don't focus on the circumstances because that is really not helpful. We are better than that. So I'm coming back this morning to what I started off with. Are you different? Is there something in your life that you could change to become better? Yes, there is a lot that we can do. We can be different. We can do things differently. We don't have to follow the trend of agreeing with every single negative word out there. That's absolute nonsense. Let's be different. Let's not do the gossip thing. Let's not do the criticism thing. But let's say, hey, you can do it. You are able to. Did you know what God said about you? I think half of our problems is because we lack a true identity in God. And that's a different sermon on itself, but it really does lock into this. The reason we are so negative, the reason we, 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 we follow wrong ideas, the reason that we follow wrong trajectories in life is because we make wrong decisions because we don't know who we are in God. Wow. Wow. We don't understand that we are called, we are royalty. We don't understand that he paid the price. He really did. Because if he didn't, you would actually be worthless, which we are. (laughs) But because of him, we are worth it. And so is our brother and sister next to us. And so we need to encourage so that they can also have the privilege of knowing God loves them. And that everything is going to be okay. And that you can move forward because God said you can move forward. Does that make sense? So this is just my encouragement to us this morning. Let's decide to become encouragers just like this great guy called Barnabas was. We have an opportunity to make a difference in our sphere of influence. This doesn't only talk about the church, eh? You know how many people I've reached in my workplace. My wife and I; she's very good at that, and uh, she she has a very interesting way of reaching these people because she works in a workshop, so you there's workshop talk, <laughs> if you know what that means. The so, so she would shoot straight and talk into a young man's life. And how many times, if you just by the way, I'm uh, in my in my professional life, I'm an HR practitioner, so. I know business, I, I work a lot with people, and, and I do a lot of discipline. How many times? A guy would really mess up, and I would get the hell in, because, you know, I, I do things proper. You, you don't mess around. That's why I'm here. I need to sort it out. But then I would discipline them, and I said, uh, okay, st- just stay behind, get everybody out, and then we talk. I said, listen, you could do better. You are better. Do you know Jesus? Do you know that he's got a plan for you? You know, and, and that would be an open door. And guess what? They have to listen because I'm the boss. <laughs> so, so so I, I misuse that, that privilege, but uh, sometimes not with everyone, um, because look, you get some real nasty people out there too, but you use the opportunity. That's why I'm saying so. I don't know. Where are you? Where are you at? So you, you might be a laborer, which is nothing wrong with that. But you can be a pastor in that group that you are laboring with. And you can really make a difference in people's lives because they don't know Jesus, number one. And they really need a word of hope. We need to be encouragers. It, it affects even non-believers. And because of that, the Bible says, the goodness of God draws people to repentance. It's easy to see the wrong in a person. It's easy to see the sin. That doesn't take rock and science. Come on. But it does take something to say, you know what, despite that, you're okay. Let's walk with you. Let's, Let's make life different. You know, there's hope for you. Is there something that I can do? Do you need some food at home? whatever the case may be, I don't know how God leads you. The point is is you are called to be different. Be different. And this slots in, funny enough, with Pentecost coming up. because it is just part of being Christian. It's just being part of what God has called into this earth today for us to make a difference. So hats off to every single one here who is pursuing the call of God in their life. Despite the opposition, I want to encourage you today. Keep on doing it. Keep on going. Pastor Wendy, keep on doing it. I know the enemy hates it. He hates what you're doing. Keep on doing it. You can uh, rant rant and rave. You do what you're called to do. Because God has anointed you for that. Run your chicken business the best you can. Because the opportunity comes where you can, number one, feed stomachs. But two, you will have the opportunity to minister to people who need jobs. People who will need to be fathered. People who doesn't know a better way out there. You are it. Every single person has an opportunity to make a difference. And to be allow the Holy Spirit to move through them. So I want to make two invitations today. So if you've never if you've never committed to a life of becoming a Christ follower, then I'm giving you this opportunity this morning. I'm going to ask us to all together to bow our heads. If you feel that you, number one, need to know this Jesus that I've been referring to, or number two, to come back to him, I'm going to ask you to pray this prayer with me. You can raise your hand and if you want to make this commitment and I'm going to invite you if once we've prayed to go to the back to Pastor Wendy walking there and she will guide you guys just into a bit of what it means to serve Jesus. But let's pray all this together. Father God, I thank you for your son Jesus Christ. I thank you that you've paid the ultimate price for me on the cross. I believe and I declare that you are God. Become my Lord and Master today. In Jesus' name, Amen.